what your typical mom, dad want their schools to concentrate on? Yeah. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Because that's what's going to get you to the polling? next level. I yeah. really want to do some polling on that, Jim. I, I honestly, I want to ask American parents, like, what is your expectation? Because I think American parents' expectation for what they want out of public schools has not changed. Yep. But I think the goal of the government schools has changed. I don't yeah. think they want functionally literate children. I don't think that's a priority anymore. No. I think they want politically literate children who will be social justice warrior activists. Hey, Joyful Warriors, right now we are at CPAC and we are doing interviews to bring CPAC to you, to bring some of the people that are working in American politics to explain what's going on in America. I know you guys are all involved. And so we have Jim McLaughlin here. He is known as a pollster in American politics. He's going to explain to us a little bit what that means. So Jim, welcome to the Joyful Warrior podcast. McLaughlin and Associates founded in 2001, but you said you've been working in politics since the 80s. Yeah. What does it mean to be a pollster? What does it mean to be a pollster? Um, you know, it's funny. One of my favorite clients I ever worked for was the former governor and U.S. senator from Virginia, George Allen. And he used to call us a necessary evil. And I think Donald Trump looks at us kind of the same way as we are a necessary evil. And what we do is, look, we poll, and a lot of people, they always like to look at the, um, the horse race numbers, where the ballot is, where the favorable, unfavorable it is. But what we do is we look for the intersection between what's important to the people and what's important to the voters. And then we try to figure out the best way for candidates to sell their ideas and to get done what they want to get done, whether it's in Congress or whether they're a mayor in a town. And I think it's a really important part of democracy. And believe it or not, way before we had telephones and we had the internet where we could do all these polls, you had folks like Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, always talked about you couldn't get things done in government and how important public opinion is in being able to, because if you don't have public opinion on your side, you're not going to accomplish very much. So that's a really interesting thing. I think Americans, especially during COVID, were watching what was happening with the federal government, watching all these associations, and they were like, wait a second. What we think and what matters to us is not being represented in our government. Yeah. How do we get so far away from real representation, in your opinion? It's, it's amazing, and you are exactly right. What happened was, during COVID, whether it was the Zoom and whether the kids not even having any class in the masks and whatnot, mom and dad started looking in and saying, okay, what's going on with my child's education? And a lot of what they were being taught, um, they didn't agree with and didn't represent their values. And, you know, the guy who I think actually really kind of put the icing on the cake for a lot of mainstream middle-class Americans was Terry McAuliffe. Yeah. When he was saying in the Virginia's governor's race that parents, they have no right to be told, you know, no say in what their children should be taught. And we all, that's not democracy. It should be all about the parents. And the best educational systems in the country, the reason they're good is because, for all intents and purposes, it's the parents that are running those local public school boards or those charter schools. Yeah, parents are the number one driver of student success. You can't ignore that. And if schools are not engaging with parents in a real and honest way, then they are not really working to unfold the full potential of the child. That's just the bottom line. But I've got to ask you about Terry McAuliffe. 
This is, how, do they not have pollsters? Because it seemed to me like not only did he say that parents shouldn't have a say in their children's education, but he doubled down and then brought Randy Weingarten, the head of what I oh, like to gosh. call the K-12 cartel, the teachers' unions. I want to talk about what their influence is because I think it's very important. Americans don't know. But he brought Randy Weingarten in. Didn't anybody tell him maybe that wasn't a great idea? You know, I'm going to admit something yeah. I'm embarrassed about. Oh, no. Randy Weingarten, she went to my high school. She was a little bit older than I am. Okay. And look, she's not an educator. I know she'll claim to be an educator, but the truth of the matter is she's a left-wing Democrat political operative. And that's the problem, is because the left-wing has taken over our schools at the end of the day. And you have somebody like Terry McAuliffe. He's been in Washington too long. He's been in government too long. That would just as you said, make a statement like that, not only make it and not understand how to out of touch and how that wasn't, you know, yeah, exactly, without a doubt, it was crazy, but he doubled down on it. Yeah, he did. But that's their thinking. Their thinking is that government knows best, right. government should can raise our children better than we can, and we all know the greatest, and it, it was given to us by God, it was a mom and a dad, that's the best thing in the world. And look, we all know that not every family is perfect. You can't always have that. And I think one of the biggest problems we have in this country right now is fatherlessness. And some people tell me it's not a, it's not a word, uh, oh. but most people know what that means and they know what I'm saying. We're asking our moms, we're asking our, our aunts, we're asking grandma to do way too much. And when you have a child where mom and dad cares and mom and dad are making sure their kids get a good education, and of course they want to have a say in that education, that child is going to do well, no matter what, no matter what obstacles get thrown in their way. I agree. So that brings me to let's your family. Let's talk about you. You said you're a dad. Tell us a little bit about your yeah, family. Yeah, I'm a dad. And my wife was a public school teacher for nine years. She still, she has a master's degree. I give my wife a ton of credit. She has a master's degree. And she teaches part-time as a substitute in a nursery school. You know, she'll change 40, 50 diapers a day, and she loves it, and she does it because she wants to do it. Um, and I have three children, and I'm blessed. Um, you know, one's 29, the other's 27, the other's 24 years old, and they are phenomenal. Why? Because their mother, she stopped teaching so she could raise them. And the joke used to be she was the assistant principal at the school because she was always up there involved and she was always involved in their education. So that was something that was really important to us. And where I live, you know, in northern New Jersey, we have real good public schools, very good, but they've lost their way on certain things, worried about things like critical race theory. And they've gotten really smart about it because they don't call it critical race theory. And teaching kids inappropriate things at young ages. We all saw what Governor Murphy did. He basically wanted to teach kids uh, in kindergarten sex education. Oh yes, you have comprehensive sex education in New Jersey and it's a requirement in K through three to teach about gender identity in the classroom. The kids will know that they could either be a boy or a girl or a boy and a girl or not a boy and or a girl, maybe a tree that day with special they, them pronouns. That is now being taught in New Jersey schools. And so we talked a little bit about COVID. Yeah. Parents got to see behind the education curtain. That's what Tina and I yeah. say. We served as school board members. I'm a yeah. mom too. I've yeah. got four kids. Yeah. 
and parents got to see, right? And it's messy back there. There's a yeah. lot of stuff they didn't want us to see. They've been hiding. You have your pulse on American politics. We oftentimes are looking at different issues. HB 1557 was the parental rights and education yeah. bill. It was given the moniker Don't Say Gay, right? Yeah. And they really tried, the media really tried to um, hammer that point across. Meanwhile, it didn't say gay in the bill at all, and it was grades K through three. And so when we looked at national polling on that, and I've talked about it a bit, I think it was close to 70% of Democrats and Republicans came together on that issue. So. I think polling has been incredibly important, certainly in trying to, yep. to talk about the things we're talking about. These issues do not are not partisan issues, are they? So how does a country become so divided, um, seemingly divided, yep. on issues that really shouldn't be political or partisan at all? No, and you're exactly right. And I think what happened was, and the reason why the national media, not to mention Disney, back down was because they saw the polling was against them. Yes, they did. Mom and dad did not want their kindergartner being taught sex education, let alone about, you know, bisexuality, homosexuality, whatever it might be. Um, How about just no, I did an interview with CBS, it should be coming out soon, C Tina and I did CBS Sunday morning, and she said, well, what books do you want in libraries? I said, how about we'll just start with no pornography? Yeah. Like, my bar is very low at this point. And, and there's something really creepy about the left in that they want to foist pornography, which is what a lot of this stuff is down the throats, literally, of our children and our families. Like, it really makes you wonder. And look, there's a lot of folks, they'll call themselves, you know, independents and these suburban women, et cetera. They don't want this. No, and again, that's why they back down. Because just as you said, we saw in Florida, it wasn't just Republicans. And as you said, the don't say gay bill, supposedly don't say gay, never says anything about being gay. It was just about not teaching babies almost inappropriate stuff in our schools and the voters rose up against that and you saw the left back down because they got the memo this isn't a good idea and obviously corporate america got the idea and look things are there's a reason why they call folks swing voters and when the swing voters get on the other side of this not to mention there's an important group of voters out there hispanics yes Hispanics who have, not in little numbers, but in large numbers, you saw it in Florida last cycle. Yes, we did. Republicans won about 56% of the Hispanic vote. I work for Ashley Moody, who is a great attorney general in the state of Florida. She was the leading vote getter in the state. She got 60% of the vote. She ran against a radical left-wing socialist Democrat who was supporting a lot of this crazy left-wing stuff. And the reason why Ashley actually got the most votes, she did what the attorney general should do. She focused on the law, keeping people safe. And first that's mom and first for. mom in elected office yeah. in the state of Florida. That was pretty cool with a child at home, working mom. So we oh. love Ashley Moody. She's and a she's great. Re she's going to be on the podcast. She's going to come and talk to us one of the days we're here. She's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I always say we, we, we call her judge because she was she was a judge she, and she comes from a law enforcement family. Yes, she does. And look, you know, this is for your listeners. We it's hard because moms have the toughest job in the world. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Even if you have a good husband and he's helping you, a good family, a mom is the toughest job in the world. But we need more moms in politics. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. 
we have to get their perspective in, on, on, on issues and on life because one thing I've learned, even though um, the NEA doesn't think so and the Democrats don't think so, there's a big difference for men and women. And God knew what he was doing when he made a man and he made a woman. And there's certain things that guys, we're just not good at and we just don't do well. Yeah, we're ready to 86 Feminism. It brought mm -hmm. us to a place where it told women that you had to try to be like a man instead of being everything you could as a woman. So oh, I love that. Yeah, we're very, very much about empowering women and girls. So we'll just come to talk about some of the issues and, and where you think the pulse of America is on some of these issues. We talked about the Don't Say Gay Bill stuff. Uh, gays Against Groomers, a, a big group of, oh of gay God. people that have said, you know, please do not lump us in with everything that is happening. You know, they want to protect the innocence of kids. I've been so thankful to see that group come up and have their voice heard. Um, on these issues of uh, gender dysphoria, transgenderism, um, it seems like the federal government is pushing this stuff down, right? And you have these activist organizations pushing it up through the schools, right? Through all of the nonprofits. And the American people are left wondering, how did we get here? Yeah. So, Explain to us a little bit, because our moms are looking locally and they're fighting, right? But yeah. then they're looking at the, the they're looking at you know Richard Levine, yeah. uh, you know, coming and saying you know this is what gender affirming care looks like, and our moms are saying this is at no time do we lean into mental illness with our children. Oh. Your, your child has anorexia. You're not like okay, sweetheart, let's help you starve, and maybe we could go look at you know lap band surgery. You're not yeah. doing that, right? Even at the risk of uh, your child saying I might kill. My myself. You're, you're still not going to be like, let me lean into this mental illness. And so American parents are trying to parent through this like they would any other issue they're dealing with. But it seems like uh, there are a lot of forces against them. So oh. again, how did we get here? <laughs> with, with, without a doubt. And you know what the interesting part is? Look, teachers, there is nothing other than having a great mom and dad there's nothing better than having great teachers. Yes. I still, I'm an old man, and I still talk to several of my high school teachers. I believe Because that. they had such a big impact on my life, my basketball coach and whatnot. I'm still really close to those folks. And a lot of the teachers, they are phenomenal. They don't like this stuff. No, they don't. And they're being told, instead of teaching, you know, things like basic history, they're being told to just tell them, you know, America's not a great place. They're being told, and look, I my sense of it is, and we've done some survey research among teachers, they're uncomfortable with a lot of these topics and a lot of these subjects that they're being mandated, especially in these blue states that they have to teach. Yeah. And look, what, what your typical mom, dad want their schools to concentrate on, yeah. reading, writing, and arithmetic. Because that's what's going to get you to the polling? next level. I yeah. really want to do some polling on that, Jim. I, I honestly, I want to ask American parents, like, what is your expectation? Because I think American parents' expectation for what they want out of public schools has not changed. Yep. But I think the goal of the government schools has changed. I don't yep. think they want functionally literate children. I don't think that's a priority anymore. No. I think they want politically literate children who will be social justice warrior activists that, on their behalf. That's exactly right. And you th you think about it. It's it's look, it's another example of the left. And the worst part is there's a there's a communist Chinese influence to this stuff. 
where they're literally coming in, buying our colleges and universities. And then you have these left-wing activists basically taking over our local school districts. What are they going to be teaching then? They're teaching values that are the antithesis of what a mom and dad want their children to be taught. One of the things we just asked in our last national survey was whether they thought it was okay that American colleges and universities were taking millions of dollars from the Chinese communist government. Which, by the way, you can say, oh, we're taking it from Chinese corporations. It's the same thing. We all know that. And well over 60% of Americans said no. They did not like that. They're not comfortable with that. They're not comfortable with them buying the media. And it's one of the things that the left is really good at is taking over our institutions. Because yeah. what, what do we do as conservatives? We worry about our families. We go to work every day. We take care of our kids. We go to services and whatnot. We're not involved in all this social justice warrior stuff. But you know what? One of the things we've learned, and it's, it's great that Moms for Liberty is out there, you're showing us all how to be activists and how we can make change because the American people want change now. They do want change and they want a brighter future for their kids. And I think one of the important things that people don't always realize is that our moms are raising the next great generation of patriots for this country who are going to understand our founding and are going to fight for freedom. So yep. it's really amazing. This is, uh, we always say we're just getting started and we know that our kids are going to continue to carry that torch. Um, last question for you. Let's talk about teachers unions. Someone said to me recently, Recently, that approximately 15% of DNC delegates are, are actually members oh, yeah. of the teachers union. I have said before, I think they are the foot soldiers of the progressive far left. Um, they continue to push uh, curriculum into our schools that has a real globalist agenda. UNESCO, UN, Becky Pringle was just speaking at the United Nations yeah. talking about community schools. Um, this is where they want to make the community the hub uh, of everything, excuse yeah. me, the school the hub of everything happening in the community. Um, how much influence do teachers Teachers unions really have. Tina and I think quite quite a bit. And, and then how are we going to reclaim and reform public education with the K-12 cartel, yeah. as I like to call them, uh, in control in the way that they are? Oh, w w without a doubt, because they literally run the Democratic Party. They Whatever do. they want. Think about it. You've got the Joe Bidens of the world and Barack Obama. Whatever the teachers union want at the end of the day, there's no argument, they get it. I mean, how can you be opposed to school choice when all these elites, democratic elites, are all sending their kids to private schools? How can every you- Every time, and, Corey DeAngelis, every time he's like, yeah, they send their kids to private school. Yep. It's like, really, come on, people. Which is crazy when you think about it. You know, like somebody like Randy Weingarten, she doesn't have children. No, she doesn't. All, the, all these folks out there, they're not being affected by the policies that they're making right now. And it's a real problem out there because basically, other than the George Soroses of the world, the teachers union are the biggest donors. And they're involved in everything. They're involved in local council races, obviously, as well as presidential races and whatnot. And again, they're, they're leaders in their organization. They're usually not educators. They may have had an education degree or been a teacher at some point but they are democratic political operatives. And the last place where we should have um, a bunch of political hacks, quite honestly, 
is in the teachers union. I remember when I used to get from the New Jersey Education Association when my wife would get their pamphlet and everything, it literally looked like a newsletter from the Democratic National Committee. It yeah. was all these issues. You can go look at their agenda. When you look at the, the agenda for their summer conferences, it, it was about abortion, about Ukraine, about yeah. guns. It was about, I was like, where is the reading? People, NAEP scores came out. 32% yeah. of American kids are reading on grade level. That's it. You've got Baltimore schools, yeah. 23 yeah. schools, zero proficiency, Chicago public schools. I mean, rampant educational failure. Yep. And, and look, and it's like in those urban areas where we spend the most money on education, where in many times oh my gosh, so much. the private schools are educating and giving a better education for about half the price. Oh it's where we get our worst schools. We have our least bang for the buck. And the other thing is many times people aren't safe in those schools for a lot of different reasons. So it's, it's a real problem. That's why it's so important. We've got groups like Moms for Liberty so we can start to fight back here. So uh, moms, listen, you, if you don't know if you're making an impact, if you're not sure if people are paying attention to the work that you're doing and the change that you're making, I promise you, people are paying attention. Oh, with, without a doubt. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like when you raise your kids and you think they're never listening. Yeah. What happens is when they're like, when they get older, I got older kids, they're in the, they start repeating things you used to say and I laugh. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. We have to constantly be out there. And I tell folks, those school boards, that's the ultimate form of democracy. And by the way, to go back for the teachers union, I remember I'm reading some of their propaganda. You know what one of their propaganda pieces is? One of their propaganda pieces is they want non-Americans, they want foreigners to be able to vote in our elections. Mm -hmm, I mean, and you talk about a threat to democracy. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to fly in or let a bunch of people across the border come in and influence our, our elections? So whenever I hear the Democrats talk about threats to democracy, yeah. there's probably not a bigger threat to democracy than them literally wanting foreigners to vote in American elections. What they really want, they all want, and I used to think this was like crazy conspiracy theory stuff, they want a one world government. Yep. They don't want America to be America. And if there's anything we can learn about over the last couple of years and what our kids are learning, we've got to teach them this is the greatest country in on earth. And we need to consistently reinforce those values with, with students. Well, I, it was such a pleasure talking to you, Jim. I absolutely agree with you. I'd love to have you come back at some point and talk to our moms, maybe do a webinar about how to really get a pulse uh, on what's happening in their community about some of these issues and getting the word out. So maybe we could have you back on at some point. I would love to do it. It's okay. been my pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Jim McLaughlin, pollster, uh, decades in American politics, <laughs> and we really appreciate your input. Thank you. Thank you.